0: Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be more productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show.
1: I believe that the intimacy of that uh, with a stylus and with really good swipe keyboards and with really good anti-reflectivity are going to be when everyone from you know factory workers to upper level management really adopts this thing as the form factor for getting a lot of work done, it's really going to come into its own. So instead of seeing my use cases quirky, I believe that those are going to be important changes to be made to have a, a bigger crew of people coming on board and using it comfortably.
0: Well, welcome back to another episode of iPad Pros. Thanks for joining me today. I'm excited today to share with you an interview I did with Tom Snyder, writer, developer, and musician. You'll hear about his recent switch to iPad only and some deep dives on some lesser known apps. Uh, but first, let me just remind you that I'd really appreciate a review of iPad Pros in the Apple Podcast app or iTunes on the Mac or Windows. Please head over to Apple Podcast to leave a review. I would greatly appreciate it. And with that said, here's my interview with Tom. Enjoy. I'm here today with Tom Snyder. Welcome to the show, Tom.
1: Thank you. Nice to meet you, Tim.
0: You as well. Uh, so first off, can you just introduce yourself to listeners? Um, who are you? What do you do uh, for a living? All that good stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, Tom Snyder. I live in Cambridge, Massachusetts. I'm a geek. with uh, I've had a lot, of, a lot of careers under my belt, all of which I still do. But uh, I started a bunch of companies at different times um, in my life and have sold them and continue to do the same work uh, just without the company behind me
0: Gotcha. And what kind of work have you been involved in and are currently like using technology to help solve problems with?
1: Well, going all the way back, not all the way back to the uh the earth cooling 3 billion years ago, but uh I started out, I was a recording artist with Capitol Records and so I learned a lot of studio chops there and uh you know, I played in a band on the road and then um, I started a software company and we made educational uh, simulations for schools. And we did that back in uh, in the 80s. And I that company grew up to be about one hundred and seventy people. And I sold that. Um, and then I started an animation company where we made comedy TV for network TV Uh, all animation. And that was my company. I did all the writing music and and scripts and stuff for those shows. And uh, we did well. Uh, And I sold that show. (laughs) I mean, that company sold a lot of shows, but sold that company. And now I'm a a book writer and magazine writer and podcast guest. I don't have a podcast of my (laughs) own, but uh, I'm a professional podcast guest. I forget how much I'm making for this podcast.
0: (laughs) All of our podcasts are are pro bono. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah, Once I start making money on the podcast, I'll I'll,
1: uh, let let you know. I get
0: it. So uh, during all those years developing software, uh, recording, um, you have, of course, used technology. And today you're using iPads or the iPad Pro, I should say, to get your work done. Making the Switch, I think it was um, when the iPad Pro came out. Is that right? Or iOS 11, excuse me.
1: I made the... Yeah, as a matter of fact, when the iPad first came out, I, you know, I forget the first year. It
0: was uh, 2010. 2010.
1: And everybody was buying them. And I just hated it. <laughs> I, had, I really did hate the iPad then because it seemed like such a consumer machine. And all the executives I knew... All my friends who were executives had them and said they lived on them. And I realized that's because they didn't do anything. You know, they, they, they emailed their secretaries. They created nothing.
0: You got that wonderful uh, keyboard dock back then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But, there was,
0: but yeah, yeah, it was, to your point, yeah, it's, uh, it was a much different device back then.
1: I think very wealthy executives liked them because it was cool. And I think also people who like, you know, shopping and stuff like them. But and I tried really hard uh, to play. And then when iOS 11 came out, um, I went out and got an iPad Pro, the 9.7 and uh, and then made a commitment. I said, damn it, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to go. I'm going to do the long game on this. And I have a uh, iMac with 27 inch screen, and I mean a MacBook, which I thought were cool, but none of them were as cool as my iPad. And since I've bought the 12.9 inch uh, iPad as well.
0: And you'll use both, or uh, did you get rid of the 9.7? Uh,
1: I have both, and um, it's all I can do not to get the 10.5, only because I'm looking for the perfect size for everything. Right. Yeah. I'm sort. Uh, I'm a sort of. Uh, It's funny, I worked with a comedian, uh, Jonathan Katz, who I made a TV show with. And for years, we've had this joke, you know, that we're, that our slogan is one man, one device, and that uh, we haven't perfected our lives until we have one device that does everything. And um, certainly that was the laptop for a while for me. And now I'm trying to make that one device be the iPad. So I'm really going out of my way not to, you know, to never give up and go to the computer at all, I shouldn't say the computer. I should say the Mac. Yeah, the iPad certainly is a computer.
0: So, uh, on the Mac, what applications were you relying on there, and what kind of iOS apps have you found to replace those?
1: I guess there are two categories. One, one big one is sort of organization, and the other big one is making. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and um, uh, forgive my French. I will clean up for your podcast. Back, you know, when Microsoft was. First introducing their tablet computers. I don't know if you were uh, playing with computers back then. In around 2000, uh, and they had some really good tablet computers with stylus. They were heavy. Oh yeah, and I've they, seen them. I've not were, used them. Yeah, and I had made an attempt to have them be my primary device too. But when they first came out, um, uh, they uh, Bill Gates had also released OneNote which was a very powerful tool in Windows for Organite. It was sort of Evernote on steroids, very powerful in Windows. And then they made a version of it for Mac, which was about 50% of the functionality. And I switched over to that and have used that uh, for a long time. And then recently I've been you know, playing, well, not recently, over the last five years, I guess, I've been playing with Workflowy and Omnifocus and um you know Workflowy is cool you g- got a hand it to those guys for making the simplest damn interface that anyone ever made that just plain works um I don't know if you've played with that at all
0: Yeah I it's mind blowing I don't normally play around with web APIs but uh the Workflow app encouraged me to do so and I now schedule like social media posts through an API that HubSpot has through workflow. It's, it's great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I tried on the Focus and I am not a fan of their methodology. I think they're too happy with their very unusual set of uh, systems uh, for controlling the way one lives. I, I find it just too complex by half.
0: Yeah. If you read the Getting Things Done book, it is it's it is that. So if you're not into that, that's what it is.
1: <laughs> yeah. Although I'm, I really love the G T D all that stuff. Uh you know, I I think it's fascinating to think about being systems oriented in almost everything you do, including your life. Um Yeah and the review life,
0: process yeah. is is really helpful if you do that like once a week and hit that review button and see what what, what is in there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Are you a, a an focus I am. Is that
0: Yep. i yep. I definitely use it. Uh I've gone in and out of how in-depth do with the organization that they have in there versus more simple organization?
1: Yeah. Well, maybe I should uh, try something else. Sometimes I just go back to, um, you know, I'm like uh, all of the many crazy people who spend more time thinking about organization than actually getting organized. Um, <laughs> a wonder list I've tried and it's plain vanilla, but it, it does the trick. So there are times that I think, well, enough is enough and I'll just do that. So that's organization for me. I'm uh, I'm sort of all over the map now because I've been uh, playing with a lot of tools. I will try Omnifocus again because if a bright young guy like you can make it work for him, um, I'll try it again. So I wrote this sh- I did a show called Doctor Katz, uh, which was on Comedy Central, and I did a show called Home Movies, which was on um, a Cartoon Network, and then a show called Science Court, which was on ABC. My job was writing the shows and also doing all the audio. Uh, so we'd bring in comedians, you know, it was all done here in my house in Cambridge, but I'd bring in comedians from all around the country and do the audio editing. And so the tools I used on the, on the Mac were everything from pro tools, uh, which is sort of the de facto audio editing, uh, software. And by the way, you know, audio editing for, uh, for doing comedy or scripted, uh, shows, is so different than doing uh, using Pro Tools for music, where everything is parallel and stays in sync with itself. But if you have uh, ten different tracks, each with a different actor, who are all of whom are talking to each other, uh, it requires a lot of really sophisticated uh, playing with um, with the editing software. And so, uh, and finally I moved to a program called Reaper, which is kind of like the Google was to, was to, uh, Microsoft back in the day. It's just a bunch of guys who made a program every bit as good as Pro Tools that costs like 25 or 30 bucks <laughs> right. and, yep. uh, and downloads in seconds as opposed to, you know, what it used to take to get, uh, Pro Tools on your computer. Oh
0: yeah. And I remember the days, uh, I worked in a computer lab, of. Uh, we installed Final Cut Pro, whatever seven. And it was like over five discs that so you had to like swap in between the discs as the installer would go through.
1: Yes, and invariably on disc six of seven, it said, uh, "You can you start again?" <laughs> yes, and uh, and, uh, and often even if you just spent four hundred bucks or whatever it was, you go, "No, I, I will not start again. I will. <laughs> I'll do anything but start again." But I, I'm now hoping to find uh, something for iOS that does a good job with. I don't know how familiar familiar you are with audio editing. I mean, um, that's
0: uh, my day job is podcasting, so I do a lot of audio. I like Fairlight is my go to tool. I'm not sure if you've looked at that and if that is what, what's a, it. It's called, it called? Fairlight?
1: Fairlight uh, is that iOS? It is, yeah. Um, and does it have non destructive editing?
0: It does, yeah. So as you edit and cut stuff up, you can then go back and ex- you know go back and extend it. So the original audio is there if you need to get back to it.
1: Right, so it's actually just pointers to to files. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic! I can hang up right now. You have solved <laughs> all of my
0: problems. Yeah from from people that use Logic, it's or Logic, uh, it's, it's yeah, just as advanced as that is what I've heard. But uh, twenty bucks. You're right.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm so excited! I feel like I've just had two cups of coffee. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, so, it's a fantastic tool.
1: So that that really is my main you know workaday tool because whether no matter what I'm doing, uh, doing music uh, for the shows I'm doing now, or editing, uh, perform a vocal perfor- uh, voice performances. Uh, that's what I do a lot of, um, and then I do a lot of writing too. So there's the whole question of yeah, do you use writing apps?
0: Yeah, multiple writing apps for different like purposes.
1: I do. Again, I am obsessive. Um, I actually have a. Uh, a diagnosis for my doctor, which I can mail to you if you don't believe that I'm <laughs> obsessive. Uh, but uh, this one man, one tool thing, which is ridiculous because, you know, multiple tools. Any, ask any carpenter, you know, you, you want multiple tools. But I'm always looking for the one thing that is just so beautifully crafted that it, it's a multi-tool. For long form stuff, uh, you know, for novels and that sort of thing or technical books, I gave Scrivener a shot. And it was, it's a little bit too proprietary in format. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, you start uh, getting anxiety when uh, you're having trouble loading your file and you realize that you have to get in touch with Scrivener for them to mm. help you get the file back into your, you know, I don't want to knock. Yeah, yeah. I, I used
0: the their Mac app in college and enjoyed what it was, but it was, it was proprietary, you know. Um, yes.
1: Yeah. And, and um, Evernote, beholden-
0: Evernote's even more so proprietary. Uh, I
1: know Evernote. I just uh, raise. I, I can't believe that they have this powerful company and they're a lot of income, and they're not you know improving their their lot.
0: But yeah. the
1: new uh, branch of uh, software like uh, Ulysses and Bear and those things that are all just doing Markdown and allow you to save in, in a variety of formats is is preferable to me. Uh, but, um, given the fact that, uh, the writing I do is very expressive because it's either comedic or, um, you know, I mean, even sitcoms, their love stories, the voice has to be really good. And I, I have this incredibly cool app and I just wrote to them today. Have you heard of voice Dream? I have not. No. Okay. So voice Dream is an app for iOS that will read text it's text to speech okay and it is really good and if you're willing to drop some money the app isn't that expensive but you know you can buy voices you can rehearse or audition voices and then uh, download them onto your iPad or um, and I have found some just spectacular voices that read with such naturalness, it's incredible. So I was playing with Voice Dream to have it read back my text, and then I saw they had a program called Writer. It's Writer by Voice Dream. Or, and it's funny, it's kind of hard to find on the App Store. If you just put in Writer, it almost doesn't show up. But, and what it is, is a tool for writers so that as you write, uh, um, it instantly can, uh, and either automatically or by choice, read, you know, as much of the paragraph you've just written or whatever. And I know you'd say, well you can kind of do that in iOS anyway, just with turning on the voice to text. Yeah. But it it doesn't compare to what this uh writer gives you. And um it has a built-in thesaurus that's incredibly powerful for writers. It even has a rhyming dictionary, which is good for me because I'm a songwriter as well. Um, But then it has a really nice, um, in addition to the speech engine, manipulating of sections of your text, whether it be chapters or sub chapters or or whatever, it does a really nice job of that with a panel on the left that lets you look at things at the section level, at the paragraph level, subparagraph level, and you can manipulate them and move them around very quickly. And it's funny, I wrote to them when I first found it, and I said, please don't die, don't go away, because I just love you. And uh, I never heard back from them, so I wrote back to them today, again, before I came on your podcast, to say, are you guys alive, because I want to promote your product. And I got an email back saying, there are just two of us. They're right here in my hometown of Cambridge.
0: Oh, wow, very cool.
1: And I want to go find them, but I cannot highly enough recommend it for people who write prose where they need to hear a gorgeous British woman uh, talking to them at two in the morning, you know, when they're writing <laughs> and reading back your your text to, and it makes you a much much better writer, you know, to be getting that. So that that's one th- one.
0: Yeah, they've got a suite uh, for twenty bucks that comes with the reader, the writer, and a U.S. Uh, voice pack for twenty bucks. Um, also, seeing yeah. they have uh, uh, an email application for. You know, if you need voice with email, much. Sure oh, that's if, yeah, that's cool.
1: Yeah, and so you know, I I cannot. They did to suddenly just bang out a writing app. You know, because obviously the uh, the speech engine is primarily what they're all about. But just banging out this writing app, they did a really good job of uh, making a, a useful tool. So, as much as I. Um, I'm tempted to use Ulysses and Bear with my logger format stuff. I still am using Writer.
0: Now, can I ask you, uh, Final Draft Mobile? Have you dabbled in that? I know Final Draft is one of the like gold standards, uh, like a logic for, for instance, in the screenwriting realm. Is that something you've played around with, or? Uh,
1: well, I used Final Draft for years because you had to submit scripts to networks, you know, in Final Draft. That was. <laughs> right, it was always yeah. Windows. It was always Windows Final Draft too, because that was all they had. Yeah, so I knew that format and and used it. I thought that Final Draft only had a reader. I didn't realize they had a writer.
0: I believe could. it's writer now. Uh, you may have to pay the the upgrade fee, but I believe it hmm. it also writes now. I'm not positive. Yes, but well, yeah,
1: Final Draft is very good for scripted dialogue where it will uh, format your. You know, your speaker and then your stage direction or your slugs, uh, all the different lines that go in for standard TV scripting. It's great because it'll give you standard. You know, you go to pick a uh, template and it will ask you what you're writing right down to. I'm writing half hour comedy sitcom animated. And for each one, it puts up a different format that that on average gives you one page per minute, um, which is very useful.
0: Yeah now you mentioned uh music was a part of what you dabble in as well for work yeah what's your end goal you're creating you're creating original music to be played with the animation is that accurate
1: yeah well for all the animated shows i wrote the music and um now i i've got a variety of projects going on now one of which i've just finishing up which is a musical comedy uh that you might see on stage um and so I write I write the songs. Oh, I sound like Barry Manilow. <laughs> I write the songs that make the whole world sing. Uh, <laughs> but I have a recording studio right here at home uh, with the instruments. And um, so I haven't, you know, every once in a while for composing, um I think that was your question, uh, software for composing music? Yeah,
0: or, yeah, you mentioned you had real instruments, uh, so you, you don't, to use, like, the electronic performance you could do on an iPad with, like, a MIDI, you could hook up, like, a MIDI keyboard to, to the iPad, yes. stuff like that.
1: Yes, well, um, you know, I, I have a Kurzweil keyboard upstairs in my studio that is both MIDI and it's got some great built-in sounds. But every once in a while, especially because of this iPad commitment, I've made. And even back with the Macintosh, it's fun to use a program like um, Band in a Box or something that lets you very quickly speculate on a new song with chords and melody that just takes seconds to sort of find the, the style you want to work in and you put in the chords so you just put c minor Sharp. Have you played with any of those tools such as Band in a, a Box? A bit? Yeah.
0: Yeah, but not as much. I'm more into just Composing with me writing writing stuff out in, in Notions, my preferred app for that. It used to be Finale Music, but that never made so you the could, transition.
1: And so you write in uh, musical notation. In I itself. do.
0: Yeah, I was a composition major, and that's kind of my background.
1: Ah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> I was, you know, I I was more taught the sort of jazz style of uh, learning chord notation with everything in Roman numerals. Yeah, so it, you're kind of independent of key. And so you learn chords first and then you learn melody after the fact. But I like tools like that. I really am about to go on a uh, a, a death march of finding everything out about the iPad that will let me compose in different modalities. Everything from, you know, um, uh, MIDI to very simple little tools. I tried GarageBand. And everything I make in GarageBand sounds like GarageBand somehow. I don't know. (laughs) Um, And no matter how unique I try to be, and that's probably my fault because I haven't explored enough downloading samples of other instruments, et cetera. You know, one of the reasons, uh, as an aside, uh, that, you know, starting a long time ago, and this was a habit I developed in college, uh, you know, my fourth week in college i didn't even know there was a student center and i went to the student center and from that point on i wrote everything i I did all my homework and i did all my writing at the student center where there's rock and roll playing in the background and eating hamburgers and Mm -hmm. jukebox and, and since then uh everything from software uh to tv to books i've written everything in bars and uh cafes long before there was Starbucks and it was kind of hip to be doing all your, you know, that's, that's sort of the new standard. But, um, this is one of the reasons the iPad is really fun because instead of sitting upright at a bar stool, um, with your iPad and your arms properly locked for key keyboard uh, typing, um, I love the iPad, uh, for that sort of intimacy. It reminds me of the, uh, legal pad that I used to use this sort of a romantic uh, association with the pencil and the legal Mm -hmm. pad. Yeah. And, uh, jumping, well I'm all over the place. You'll excuse me for the kind of guest I am, but uh, (laughs) the, the, um, from a hardware perspective or a software perspective, uh, you know, I hear a lot of people talk about the various keyboards that you can attach to your iPad and how cool they are. But part of me, since I'm using the touch screen so intimately, with the iPad because of that kind of relationship I have to the iPad. One of the things, uh, my favorite keyboard is the G board, uh, the Google's keyboard that replaces the, uh, the built-in keyboard, yeah. uh, the software keyboard. And, um, which has the swipe feature and, and it's better than swipe because it's using Google's engine to predict, uh, misspellings and words much better. But, uh, uh, When I went out and got the 12.9-inch iPad, which I think we should call the (laughs) 13.13 inch iPad, when it's in landscape mode and you've got two apps up at once, which is a great convenience that iOS brought us, when you put the keypad up, it is 13 inches wide. And if you're using the swipe mode because you're up close and touching a lot of stuff on the screen and, and you're writing text, Suddenly, you're swiping the length of a 13-inch keyboard. It's a uh, good
0: good workout, right? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's more of a workout that you than you want because after a while, with that swipe stuff, I'm faster than yeah. I could ever uh, type on a regular keyboard, and uh, it's very good uh, swiping with a stylus too.
0: Oh and, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And as far as I can tell, no one has made a software k- keyboard that you can size uh, and make shorter horizontally as well. No, as
0: that's not a thing. You can split vertically. you can split the keyboard I think is the most that's there.
1: Yeah. But that that's incredibly you know important to me. I have found uh, because I'm sort of hesitating from using the add-on keyboards because that, that that gets to be the problem that the Windows convertible computers had, you know, the uh, the hybrid computers where it was both a tablet and a keyboard and it, it's sort of odd to be reaching across your keyboard across the desk to touch the screen to do certain things.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm a fan of the smart keyboard. I mean, it's right next. They don't have a function row to bring your key, hand closer to the screen. Uh, I also yeah. like the fact that you know you have the full screen space because the keyboard's not taking up space there, but yeah. Uh, that's I, neat. yeah.
1: I agree. That that's the other thing. I'd want a smaller key, uh, software keyboard, uh, so it, it took up less of the real estate on the screen. Yeah.
0: Now, coding. What kind of software development can you do on iOS? I know there's not Xcode, but um, there are other things you can do, right?
1: There are, and I may not be the ultimate um, the ultimate authority on what's available in terms of code, but um, I just I think I was telling you in the email I sent you. I've started working on a project with some guys from Harvard ed school who are uh, building some uh, simulation and I, I came onto their team because of my background doing that and I was you know I was right in the middle of my commitment to working on the iPad and so I was looking for well to start with we were, uh, we were going to not write code at first we were just going to use a prototyping language of which there are many uh, on the Mac but none of them we're powerful enough to build, you know, a lot of the prototyping software tends just to be wireframes and, you know, push buttons that sort of mocks up what the program will look like. but sure. It doesn't do any mm-hmm. behavior. And uh, and I was thinking that's just not enough for quick prototyping where you can do testing with students, et cetera. So I went on a search and found out that basically it's built into iOS that you can't program on it. Right. Yep. Uh, I hadn't understood that. And I guess because they don't want people getting down into the monitor. That's an old-fashioned term for... uh, Yeah, uh, I think
0: think the main thing is they don't want people bypassing the app store. And if you could develop apps, you could then send apps to another person and run it in a different app kind of thing.
1: I guess, yeah, maybe it's as simple as that. Um, Yeah,
0: and I think they'll eventually solve that. I think there will be Xcode on iPad one day, and I think they they will figure out a solution for that.
1: Uh, That'll be cool. But um, since I'm, you know, I've spent the last six months doing more coding than I've done since I was in my 20s. So I went on a search for something I could code with the iPad. Um, and also the iPad was going to be what the games were played on. So I thought that would be cool because I, I always found if I programmed on the on the computer, we used to have big Contron monitors to program for the IBM PC and the Apple, you know, early days, Apple computer, etc. And it wasn't as good as programming in the very screen that the games were going to be played on because you could test it very quickly. Sure, yeah. you know? Um, I know there are simulators, but so I went on a hunt and couldn't find anything except a you know the original basic language that uh, microcomputers used to be sold with, uh, like the uh, Apple and the IBM PC. It's a very high-level language. By high-level, I'm not meaning sophisticated, but um, you know, keeping you away from the machine, uh, meaning of high-level. But there's a basic written by some German guys called Smart Basic that uh, I found that works on the iPad. And the way they get around uh, uh, the coding problem is, uh, or the uh, the programming on the iPad is, if you write code for it and you send it and you try to upload it on your iPad, you have to remove the .txt button. Yeah. I mean, uh, extension. Yep. And once you do that. Uh, you can say uh, offline, you can save your uh, backup, uh, the code you're writing for this interpreter they have on the iPad and get uh, it's a very powerful little language, uh, even though it's basic, you can call uh, functions, do function calls and are global and local variables. And I found that I was able to do everything, almost everything I needed to do, certainly not as elegantly as if you could use Xcode and um, and. Uh, Swift or yeah. some of the other languages. What's this one have. called again? It's smart basic, I believe, one word. Okay, and it's hilarious because it's uh, it's written <laughs> it's written by a German, and um, I will share with you that I mean it really is fantastic. Uh, but uh, w- when you go to uh, get support and help online. It looks, you know, you can choose between German and English, and there's a lot more in German than in English. So you have to kind of wrestle a little bit. But there's a user community that's quite vocal and they'll help you with, you know, discovering uh, commands you didn't even know about. Uh, So I don't know. I I just found it incredibly useful. Uh, And basic is a language you can pick up sort of in a day. Yeah. No, it's uh, one
0: of the original languages, right?
1: Yeah, it, it yeah it was written I think at Yale back in the or Dartmouth back in the seventies. Right.
0: Yeah, I know uh, one of the developers I'm following on Twitter is working on like an Xcode for iPad that uses a Mac as like a server it will tie into to do some ah. of the things limited by it. So that, that that is a project underway The third parties if Apple doesn't get around to it. The, there's clever developers that are trying to trying to do it.
1: Yes, that's encouraging.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask any other. Kind of more hidden gem apps that you use outside of the the voice driven writing app and and the development app.
1: Well, I would say that um, um, I'm sure you're aware of this app, but uh, Dragon Anywhere.
0: Oh yeah, fantastic for dictation.
1: Have you uh, played with Dragon Anywhere?
0: Uh, it's been a while. Uh, I did have uh, Dragon for Mac back in the day, which was uh, a fun thing where you had to train it and all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, I've, I have long been interested in that. I remember visiting the first company that was here in Cambridge uh, that was doing voice recognition software back in the early 90s that was going to take a run at it. And so I've been devoted to following them. And I had Dragon for the Windows machines and then for the Mac. I always found it awkward, you know, uh, the way it worked with the operating systems on the, on the computers. But Dragon Anywhere is just spectacular not just the um, taking dictation but the commands that you can give it and manipulating the text um, and correcting errors
0: is it a standalone app or is it a a, do they have a keyboard extension now what's the what is the full feature set of
1: it? it is a standalone app and it a text box that you're writing into and then a button where you can quickly copy that text and paste it into whatever document you're going into but it's It's a pretty nice writing environment, you know, on its own. So at first I thought I'd be speaking my text, copying and pasting all the time. But I find, you know, I might do 15 pages of a novel or a script or something right in the uh, Dragon Anywhere text editor and then copying it over. And it's constantly backing it up to Dropbox as you speak. Oh, that's nice. you, You feel very confident but it also has great command so you can say go to beginning you know correct that word select from yesterday to the word tim and it you know selects all that and it's very good at knowing the difference between your dictate i don't (laughs) know how it does it it's almost tone of voice or something yeah um, it uh i find it to be so incredibly fast and better in fact than the iOS uh, versions. And I think that might be because the iOS doesn't get in the way as much when you're trying to use it in concert with another uh, program. Sure.
0: Yeah, I believe it. I mean, that's, that's what they do. That's, that's, that is is their whole company dictation and it it should be good. Uh, Yeah. Something I'm wondering is with your kind of work environment, is it kind of like you're on the phone? I mean, uh, is it, is it ever weird talking in a a bar and reading, you know, you know, writing your script that way?
1: Well, with the new, um, what are the these very earbuds I'm wearing? I can never remember the the words. AirPods. AirPods. For some reason, that's the only name that doesn't pop to mind every time I. Because <laughs> it doesn't have anything to do with ear.
0: No, they have. They already what? have the earpods. You know, this is you know, right. the, the AirPods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, the ones know. that ship. Yeah. I mean,
1: that don't ship, but should ship with the uh, iPhone. 10, exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but. I put one of those on in a bar, you know, over in the corner. And even if there's music, and they're always, when I come in, they start playing Beatles music automatically. I'm such an old customer. <laughs> As a matter of fact, it's an ex employee of mine in Harvard square who started this bar or restaurant that I work in the whole staff, you know, all the waiters and waitresses are part of my staff uh, there. But, uh, I, I drop in this earbud and it's extremely good. So, um, probably other patrons of the restaurant think i'm insane and talking to myself but uh, <laughs> uh it just works yeah it works extremely well for me so between that and using the swipe function and by the way of course in um in the dragon anywhere anytime you want you can bring up your keyboard uh to work in concert with dragon anywhere uh if there's a kind of correction you want to do or Kind of tech expander pasting or anything like that, so yeah it's uh the combination of that swipe and just talking is the future to me i think uh that is gonna be the the, the best future interface
0: it'll help with arthritis and uh repetitive stress injury for sure
1: yeah, have you developed any i developed- feel i can definitely
0: feel i i type too much and um yeah yeah I mean.
1: Yeah, the thumb is the first thing to go.
0: Yeah, and I do play some video games as well. So, I mean, it all contributes. Uh, I'm aware of yeah. it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
0: So, the smart keyboard, is that something you own? Or I'm, I'm more curious about, um, do you have a stand or a case of any kind? How, how do you, how do you uh, work with the iPad as far as the transport and all that?
1: I've tried uh, so many cases, and I have that. Uh, I don't know what it's called, but the thing that you can buy right uh, at—I think it's uh, the—it's an Apple product that is just a cover. Sure, the smart the smart cover. Yeah, the smart cover. Mm -hmm. My favorite keyboard is—I forget who uh, it's—I don't have it right in front of me, but it's—it's just a, a Bluetooth keyboard that's separate and very thin. And I just throw that in my backpack. And if I absolutely need a keyboard for something, especially for coding situations where occasionally you want a keyboard yeah Um, i will use this bluetooth keyboard that's actually separate from the um you know it doesn't attach in any way right to the ipad which is being supported by its own cover and uh i I find that's good because i sort of set it off to one side and i'm much closer to being able to Mm -hmm. touch the keyboard and manipulate things um but i'm trying to use the keyboard as little as possible uh, simply because i'm a futurist yeah (laughs) and i'm thinking that this is the The interface of the future is going to be voice and touch.
0: Yeah, one of my favorite keyboards is by Logitech. It's got... Yeah,
1: that's it. It's able
0: to hot swap between uh, three devices. So I can... I I work on the 10.5 and 12.9 all day long. So I'm able to use the one keyboard to hit a button and it's on the other one. And it's even paired to my phone. So if I want to type on my phone, I'm able to just hit a button and I'm typing on the phone. Uh, which is that
1: nice. that is the keyboard I was referring to that I have upstairs. The Logitech one. it's yeah. very good and uh, very thin, and uh, it's a very soft touch. I
0: yeah, think. it is. Yeah,
1: I think it's very good. Speaking of hardware sizes and, and modalities, I have the nine point seven and the twelve point nine, and it's kind of a Goldilocks thing. I'm I'm thinking the ten point five is going to be my screen.
0: It's a great size. I. I... I yeah. definitely love the 12.9 for a lot of use cases where I'm sitting down at a desk. I, I want the biggest screen, and side by side apps are biggest. But uh, the 10.5, uh, it is very light, and it's it is perfect size for a lot of situations.
1: There's something about you know being on a plane or s- sitting in a cafe where the 12.9 is a little bit too much of a statement. Uh, in front <laughs> of, you know having all that light shining back on your face. And the 10.5 is is the sweet spot I think it's going to be.
0: Do you use um, cellular data for your
1: iPads? Yes. Okay, yeah, yes. I figured it'd be
0: mobile. I, you, you definitely would, right? Yeah.
1: I immediately put in the, the card. I use uh, Verizon in this area, which tends to be very good. Yeah, I, I live on that. And I tend to go ahead and... Because... My income is so based on, on on what I do on the iPad, I, I spring for um, not having to worry about data.
0: Yeah, no, I understand it. iOS 13, what what do you want to see in iOS 13 that uh, would help solve some interface issues and, I guess, multitasking? And if, uh, Are there any frustrations with 11 or 12 that you want solved uh, the next time around?
1: Listening to your podcast and other iPads. What's the one with Sparky? Oh, Mac Power users? Mac Power users, yeah. There seems to be a general consensus out there that the iCloud is now ready for prime time.
0: I'd say so, yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't quite find it to be that. Yeah, Um,
0: I I saw that in the email, and um, yeah, I'm curious, because it seems pretty instant for me.
1: uh, I I find it a, a little bit harder to... Move files around. You know, this is, of course, with the files program on the iOS. But uh, to name files, uh, no, to create folders and swap things around from one folder to another, uh, it it just doesn't seem uh, that intuitive. uh.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just, yeah, drag and drop is the interface for moving stuff around for me. And if you um, tap and hold on something, you can rename uh, something. Another thing that's not maybe the most intuitive is uh, once you open the app, you can scroll upwards and then you'll see a little create folder icon and sorting and some different things there. Um, So, yeah, there are a lot of hidden things like the contextual menus enable you to do a lot of things, including sharing a file with somebody. Uh, Yeah, there are a lot of hidden things about it.
1: are you sort of uh you know some software comes with built-in uh Dropbox or Google Drive uh stuff so you're kind of forced to be yeah. across several different environments i'd like to, on my one man one tool thing i'd like to be in one environment and i've tried to make ios work and I, that's an ongoing uh project with uh, ios 13 hoping the file manipulation gets a little bit more potent um yeah I, and-
0: Is external drive support something you care at all about for what you do? Uh, Not so much.
1: I've been dumping everything onto the cloud for so long now. Yeah. I don't even own external drives. (laughs) I know it sounds horrible, but I'm backed up six ways from Sundays. So that, I mean, virtually every site would have to go down for me to be in trouble. Right, yep. (laughs) And, you know, I haven't been using Workflow yet although you know I've downloaded Yeah,
0: yeah the series shortcuts bit. are intriguing. Is there anything out of there that you would see yourself using? Cuz you're a big voice guy. So series shortcuts seems like uh It's going to be yeah.
1: fantastic. Have you downloaded uh 12, Yeah, 500?
0: yeah, I'm on the beta with my f- yeah, with my phone and my 10.5-inch um, iPad, I'm on the beta. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I am.
1: <laughs> and that, that doesn't have the Siri shortcuts yet, does it?
0: Uh, it does. It doesn't have the shortcuts app, but you're able to make Siri shortcuts out of the more basic things. Right. Uh, if it hooks into, like, Spotlight, stuff like that, the previous API, you're able to do stuff with it.
1: Yeah. Well, I'd be interested if your listeners have run into this. The, the what. When I first got started with the iPad for Sirius, um, I was going to use as many native apps as possible because it seemed like that was a safe bet. And so I was going to play with reminders and notes as a way of getting rid of a lot of the other, you know, uh, to-do list kinds of things and note-keeping apps that we've already talked about. Mm -hmm. But I was very disappointed that reminders and notes didn't really Talk to each other very well they weren't very well integrated
0: for no they're not time. at all no
1: <laughs> and uh that was, seemed like such an obvious thing to do for two administrative tasks that everybody has they they remind themselves of stuff and they make notes about stuff and i just couldn't believe it and then for me and i know uh, you wrote to me that this has not been the case for you but i found that if you know i'm working in notes and i do a lot of good stuff, and then I happen to turn on my phone. Yeah, you know, if I'm working on the iPad, uh, things can get out of sync where my phone and my iPad are n- never aligned unless I. And I've gone online and found a lot of people who say this is true for them, and they say, "Yeah, simply just erase all your notes and relaunch, and oh, reload." Oh, yeah,
0: so very simple, right? Yeah. So this yeah, happens when simple. you're looking at notes on two devices at once. Is that the use case? Yes. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and I haven't tried that not, in particular.
1: Even if I'm not doing that on purpose, I, you know, consciously it can happen just because you open your yeah, phone for no, a second and it problem. goes in the notes and it can get out of sync, which is um, that's a 1993 problem that I can't, you know, believe they haven't solved. And there are enough people on the Web who are complaining about it and saying that the workaround is to simply reinstall one of them. Uh, uh, yeah. And so I'm I'm hoping for a really robust relationship in between the native apps and. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I think they had to take reminders and notes and make them all one program.
0: Yeah, if they can do it without adding complexity, I'm all for it. That's the challenge. Yeah. Uh, notes is already a bit uh, complex with uh, the drawing and the uh, scan a document thing. Like It's it's becoming a little bit of an iTunes uh, on the Mac situation.
1: I, I guess that's true. If I was 21 again, I would what I'd go into is making the one tool that does everything with an incredibly sleek iOS and I know everyone's. Oh, we had talked a bit about what, what's that app? Uh, it's got the same name as your Notion. notation app, Notion. Did you have a chance to play with that at all?
0: A little bit. I'm still trying to wrap my head around where I'd use it. Uh, it does. I mean, it tries to do a lot of you know
1: yes, notes it, and to do
0: lists and you know all that.
1: Yes, and um, um, I just hats off to them. They're so diligently trying to be this. One tool, kind of like we're talking about, reminders and, and notes on iOS combining, there are a lot of designers out there who know that that's going to be it. You know, that that's uh, when you do a really good job of having your archiving and your to-dos all in the same place, you know, so you don't split it up in your mind and say, well, I've got to do this tomorrow and I will look in this other place to find all the notes I've written about that, you know, yeah. historically.
0: I think this idea will really take off when – I think we've heard in I was 13 they're going to add multi-window support for applications and tabbed applications where you can have an email app and open a new window of that email app. And it's also a Node app. And if uh, there's multi-window support, I think that idea will become much more easy to be realized, right?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Hopefully. Um, yeah, Hopefully, yeah. yeah, hopefully. Well- yeah. <laughs>
1: Um were you disappointed with 12 or was it I'm I mean,
0: thrilled with it. Uh I'm not oh I'm not thrilled with the iPhone 10 gesture uh, makeover especially control center but overall I'm thrilled uh, my SE feels like a brand new phone. I'm really eager to see this iPad Pro in like 4 years if I still have this one and the improvements in 12 I think will make big payoffs later down the line for iPads where they won't age as fast because I think the same technology will be able to be implemented for future OSs and it'll make all devices going forward just not age as poorly, which is great. And uh, I'm already seeing that with my older phone. So that's, uh, that part's really exciting.
1: That's true from an industry growth and sustainability point of view. That that's key. I rarely think about it. I'm always trying to solve my most recent problem. Yeah, And the the uh, group,
0: the group FaceTime seems really great. And, one day I'll have a that camera that does the emoji, And I think from a content creator standpoint, I, I could see YouTube channels and people making a living off of creating YouTube shows with emoji and Memoji and all that. I think that could be a, a, a thing that, that becomes a revenue source for some people.
1: That's interesting. Yeah. when iOS 12 uh, info started bleeding across the internet, I at first was so disappointed because... It seemed like that's all they wanted to talk about with iOS 12 is, you know, more emojis. <laughs> and I was thinking, God, is that what we've waited a year for?
0: There's just a lot of nice tweaks um, that, that I'm finding really, really useful.
1: Oh, well, maybe I'll go ahead and do... So is, is iOS 12 available for anybody or do you have to be um, in a program? The, the
0: public beta is now out and uh, no. it works great. The only app I found that doesn't really work with it is Skype so uh that's uh, yeah, I have I my 12.9 inch iPad for for Skype still and yeah.
1: Let me do that immediately and and uh
0: Wonderful. Yeah, you will find more. the gestures a lot more uh, uniform for sure between your <laughs> 10 and this, yeah. Yeah. Well, the final thing I want to ask is uh any form factors that you hope to see in the future uh, either a larger iPad or like a laptop kind of iPad um I know keyboards aren't the way of the future but um I Any mean, like form factor changes or size changes you'd like to see in the future for iPad? Uh,
1: we, we had a company back in 2010 when the iPad first came out, and we were writing software for teachers uh, to use the iPad with to be a very smart teacher device. And back then, there weren't you know third party markets hadn't developed uh, the kind of thing we wanted, so we started developing our own sort of hand holder back. The iPad, you know what I'm talking yeah, about?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's one.
1: Sort of, it's sort of like a glove, you know, that your hand fits into, so the iPad fits really comfortably. It's, right, yeah. So yeah. it's like you're walking around with a catcher's mitt on. Right, and, yeah. Um, that that was the only form factor idea I ever had. Right now, for all the iPad people like me who work in many different locations from outside to in pubs to in cafes, um, um, I, I've been experimenting. With different anti-glare uh, screens that will lie on top of my iPad because it's it's pretty bad, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, to Are work you on outside. the
0: second generation twelve point nine or the first? Yes. Okay, uh, I wasn't sure because I know that's improved a bit with the latest in generation. terms of glare. Yeah, yeah, but it's still well, there for sure. Yeah. a
1: lot of people don't have the same problem because if if it's up if it's propped up in keyboard position. It's sort of looking back at you, so it's not looking at the mm. sky or yeah. the lights that are overhead. But if you have it more like a tablet, you know, where you're writing it like a like a legal pad, yeah. it's looking right up at the lights, and it is virtually unreadable.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that's something and, I considered.
1: And uh, you know, uh, a paradigm that people were talking about, uh, you know, ten years ago. With the advent of you know trying to consolidate TV and the internet was the lean forward, lean back uh, modalities. That the computer was sort of a lean forward thing because you're sitting in a proper um, posture to the keyboard, mm-hmm. or you were leaning back, which you did when you watched TV. And it sort of was a good division in, in the business for talking about uh, writing for those uh, different postures that people had because you you have a different attitude toward what you're doing. And there's this kind of third one that I've been sort of implying all along. It is the sort of hunching over your writing pad. Yeah. Which is neither sort of the very square position to the iPad of the keyboard use or the sitting back and watching TV. And uh, for that, uh, I believe that the intimacy of that uh, with a stylus and with really good swipe keyboards and with really good uh, ref- anti-reflectivity are going to be when uh, everyone from you know factory workers to uh, upper level management um, really adopts this thing as the form factor for getting a lot of work done. It's really going to come into its own. So instead of seeing my use cases quirky, I believe that those are going to be important changes to be made.
0: Oh, I agree. To have a, yeah,
1: a bigger crew of people coming on board and using it comfortably because, uh, and I, I heard a term of art for it. Uh, unlike the lean forward, lean back thing, I heard the the one bun writing, which, which means you're crossing your leg.
0: Oh yeah, uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> as you do, and sitting forward and developing a very comfortable posture toward your output. Right. Um, and now you look more like Albert Einstein, uh, you know, at a cafe in 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 1912. Uh, yeah. With 16 cups of coffee in you and inventing relativity, you know, it's it's an extremely productive way to work. That I think the computer isn't quite getting at. Yeah.
0: No. Yeah. The flexibility is amazing. I love being able to just grab the screen and tear it away from the keyboard and. Um. You know, and also the the flexibility of I want the screen vertical right now, so I can be proofreading this this document that makes more sense that way, and it's in my hand and all that good stuff.
1: Yes. What is the least intrusive iPad cover that lets you set it up vertically and horizontally uh, at will? Ooh. See what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Um. I don't have a good answer for that one. I'll. I can get back to you on that one. Yeah. Yeah, I have a larger stand of work that 12South makes. It's the ghost stand designed for MacBooks. It's not very portable, but it's got this nice grippy surface and kind of elevates it a little bit. And I'll put my iPad on there, either vertical or horizontal, and it kind of gives me a Mm -hmm. little better posture when I'm just working on the screen itself. Uh, But again, that's more of a home-use product, I'd say. Yeah, I'll have to look into that. Anything else you want to share before we uh, end the show here?
1: Well, um, the only other thing I have to offer now are great one-liners for my TV show, so go uh, go online and watch Dr. Katz on YouTube.
0: Okay, we will do. Any websites you'd like to plug or anything else?
1: I have plenty of websites that are my own, but I'm not going to plug them because I like how pure this is just talking about hardware, software, and getting things done. So I'll make it less of an advertisement and more of a... Uh... Yeah, a workman like uh, relationship. Sounds good. It's fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's been a blast chatting with you, Tom. Thank you so much for your time today. Well, thank you, Tim.
1: Thanks for listening to iPad
0: Pros. We'll be back in a couple weeks for another episode. Thanks again to Tom for his time today speaking with me about all these wonderful topics. And just a reminder if you could head on over to the Apple Podcast app and leave a review for iPad Pros, that would be greatly appreciated. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next time.